We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. Man, I'm excited for this interview today. Tom Hirk, great leader, been in education for 34 years, and he is going to talk to us about how to... Well, a lot of things. You can talk to us about how to improve relationships with kids, how to improve relationships with adults, and how to walk into a new building and do great things right from the beginning. I hope you enjoy this, and this is going to be great. He's going to talk about clarity of purpose, and that was something we just learned from him in the Transformative Leadership Summit. If you haven't signed up for that yet, get back there and do that, transformativeleadershipsummit.com. It was a great, amazing experience. Thousands of people touched, and it's just awesome to be able to to provide that service to so many of you. So thank you so much for listening. Please share this with somebody who might be struggling with some difficult students. And next week, we're going to talk about struggling with some difficult adults. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am very excited to be chatting with Tom Hirk today. He is a educational consultant, former uh, district level principal, building level principal, and teacher and I'm sure that I messed up some other things in there, Tom, so I'll let you do a better introduction of who you are. Thanks, Jethro. You actually got it very well. You're one of the few people who pronounces my name correctly on your very first attempt, so kudos to you. Thank you. It was probably a fluke, but I'll take it. 
Yeah, that's good. No, it's my 34th year as an educator, and the last job I had was as a, a district-level superintendent. I did that for approximately five years before uh, embarking on this current role of being a full-time consultant and author and uh, being a bit of a road warrior. I uh, started off as a high school math and science teacher. Uh, that was absolutely my goal, was to be the world's best biology chemistry teacher. Uh, you know, I've always been open to the learning, and as a result, that's taken me in a variety of different places. Uh, time in a middle school, time working in our Department of Education, uh, spent time as an executive director of uh, an educational organization, uh, and now, as I said, I get most of the time now on the road working with colleagues. Uh, just a reminder of, of the great stuff we do in this profession. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I learned when I became a principal was I was not the best teacher in the world, even though I thought I was pretty good, you know, but then once I saw what other people were doing, I was just so excited that there was so much good stuff happening. I'm sure that's been the same with you as you moved up the ranks and finally out into uh, visiting a lot of different places. I tell you, you know, we, we are so blessed with uh, the quality of educator we have uh, in the United States and Canada uh, that it's always a learning opportunity. And uh, I keep telling people that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm 56 years old and uh, I reserve the right to get smarter. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness too, right? Exactly. <laughs> I had a uh, consultant who worked with our uh, Title I School and Improvement a few years ago, and he was, I think he was probably 85 or something. And he had that same philosophy, and uh, he'd been doing the job for a long time and knew all the ins and outs, and I couldn't believe he was still working, but he was, and he just loved education and helping people and, and had the same philosophy of, you know, I'll still be willing to learn things. And I hope that that's something that I can take for the rest of my life. I'm sure I will, because I already feel like I'm there's so much I don't know, and that's that's why I'm doing this podcast is trying to learn from people who are better at things than I am. Yeah, exactly, and I think that that's just uh, you know taking advantage of of where we are in the world now and the technology that allows us to do this. Uh, you know, when I started out, um, it was the phone tree. I had other colleagues uh, working in other parts of the country that I knew if I could get on the phone with them and just have five, ten, fifteen minutes to pick their brain. You know, that uh, it certainly made me a better educator. And so now with the advent of things like a podcast and, and some of the other ways we have to communicate, um, I would encourage every educator listening in to, to take advantage of that fully and completely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that uh, that we just finished wrapping up was the Transformative Leadership Summit that uh, you can still participate in if you go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com and learn from the amazing people that I just interviewed there. and. One of the things that you that you've also done that you didn't talk much about is that you're also an author, and your latest uh, book is Seven Keys to a Positive Learning Environment in Your Classroom. You know, I was doing a job interview for someone yesterday to be a special ed teacher, and I asked him what the how to create a perfect classroom, and his answer was so so perfect. He said, "Well, it really depends on what kids are in my classroom." And can you talk a little bit about how to create a positive learning environment in your classroom? Yeah, no, and I, you know, uh, I appreciate the story you just shared, and I think it's it's one of those pieces of our job that, on some level, seems to be easiest to let go of as we rush to ensure, um, you know, we've got the right pedagogical skill set and the right lesson construction, etc. Uh, if I had to use one word to define my thirty-four years, that word would be relationships. Uh, we've got to build them first. I've yet to meet a kid who is connected who disappoints. Um, I know this to be absolutely true. If we build them, they will learn. Uh, so, you know, for me, it, it you know, and the, and the response you got is bang on. I need to know who's in the class. 
Uh, every kid has a gift. Every kid has a contribution yet to be made. Every kid is entitled to uh, to live a viable life as an adult. And so as we begin, uh, you know, the start of any school year is often the best time to start building that positive culture, to start to learn about the students, to start to learn learn about who's who's who in the room. Um, you know, I make a note of, of trying to learn every kid's DNA. Uh, and it's not the DNA I used to teach as a, a high school science teacher, but instead the DNA that's defined as dreams, needs, and abilities. Every one of our students has dreams. Every one of our students has needs. Every one of our students has, has abilities. I lament sometimes, and, and I've had uh, the good and probably uh, the unfortunate of having stories shared with me of kids who had their dreams crushed. And far too often that's happened by folks in our profession. It's not our job to be the dream crushers, right? Uh, we need to inspire. So learn something about every kid. Start that early. Learn their DNA. So use that as the foundation to begin to build that positive culture in your classroom. Um, kids have all kinds of great ideas, right? Let, let's start with the simple stuff. Learn their names. Learn something about them. Build that connection. Here's what I know. Every kid wants adult time and attention. Knowing that, let's structure it as a real positive piece. Yeah. One of the other things this guy said in the interview, I think you probably can guess that I'm going to hire him. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said to ignore all the negative and praise all the positive. And, you know, it, as a principal, we often get put in a situation where we have to deal with the negative, And that's often the only way, time that we can interact with some kids because they're getting in trouble so often. So how do we learn their DNA when we are stuck with doing the discipline all the time? And that's, you know, every interaction with that kid. Yeah. And, and you know, when, the, when I first became uh, in school-based leadership, you know, the first job you get, you always end up getting the discipline component of that job. Uh, and I took it upon myself to use that as a positive, right? Uh, how do I begin then to leverage this opportunity to be with the kid? Yeah, th- there should be expectations. We should have clarity around what we need. That clarity should be driven by our clearly articulated, well-defined purpose that we have as a school, as a collective of educators gathering in service of kids. The minute we can make that, then everything flows from that. You know, consequence in and of itself won't work. I've yet to meet a kid who got consequence to better behavior. It's always got to be consequence plus instruction. So I knew in that job I was going to get the unique opportunity to interact with a lot of kids. And so learn something about them. Find out what other strengths they have while also trying to remediate and correct that particular uh, demonstration of misbehavior. We weren't trying to change people. We were trying to change the behavior, right? Uh, you know, the, the skill set that exists in every classroom, the skill set that exists in every faculty lounge, uh, we've got a continuum of. And so why would we want to, to try and, and draw that out and use that? Right. And I'm sure you would have experienced the same things that once you begin to make that connection, you probably had kids who behaved in an entirely different fashion for you than they might have in any other environment. And so that's the question why. And it doesn't take very long to distill that. It's probably because you took the time, you invested in them, you made a connection and they then ensured they wouldn't misbehave in that same way for you. Absolutely. What I found was that when I didn't take the time to build those relationships, then things escalated very quickly and it was always that way. So they came in mad. They got madder oh, sure. when they were with me. And that was 
that was horribly difficult and frustrating. And so I realized I need to start making these relationships. And so, you know, the same thing happens with my kids. Sometimes my wife will tell my daughter 10 times, go do this, go do this. And all I have to do is look at her because I've got that relationship with her that she knows if she gets the dad look, then she better go do it, you know? And there's, there's no consequence there. There's just, this is what you need to do. And she gets that. Now, my wife gets frustrated that she does that for me. Yeah. But, you know, and the same things work with, with our kids at school, too, that I walk into a classroom, everybody stops. And part of it is because, yes, I'm the principal. But also part of it is because the kids know what my expectations are. And I'm not as familiar with them. Our relationship is built on more positive things. Yeah. And so they, they adjust. Talk a little bit about that different relationship between a teacher and a principal or some other person in the building and how you can use that sure. to help kids remediate and learn. Yeah, you know, and I always wanted, and you know, and I'd make it clear uh, to all of the staff, you know, that, that I value the opportunity to build relationships with kids, but I also wanted to get the chance to see some of the good stuff, right? So, so we had to have that first of all that adult conversation about how we articulate um, what it is we're going to do, and you know, the reality was, um, you in your office can't manage every classroom. You know, people have got to take the responsibility for that. We need to have clarity on what we as a, as a faculty decide is acceptable and what's not so acceptable in terms of behavior. And then we need to support each other with that. Uh, so, you know, we, we talked about what the plan would look like from the classroom on out. Uh, you know, go back to your parent model, right? I, I want folks to think about themselves as being the judicious parent. You know you can't go to your heaviest sort of consequence for your lightest sort of infraction. And I think sometimes that's what we were doing in classrooms. You know, requiring your support as principal from the office ought to be considered to be a pretty serious sort of outcome. And if it is used lightly, a kid doesn't come to class with a pencil, it stops having impact. Because then when we do get to that serious violation, uh, there's really nothing beyond that, right? You know, so, so we wanted to make sure that people understood what they could manage within and what needed to be managed from without and what for kids it meant. I didn't want to have kids sobbing in my office. I didn't want to be the intimidator. I wasn't looking for a pound of flesh, but I did want them to understand that when it got to this level, some things must have happened before they got there. And so they had chosen then to up the ante. Right? When we have that give and take, you know, it's a situation you've just described with your daughter. She knows, right, that there's the line. I think the job of any kid is to find out where the fences are. And if there are no fences, they're going to keep running, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tom, I just had this exact conversation with a student earlier today at school that he is he keeps crossing the line. And I said, you know, you've got to find out where the line is. And I'm telling you, you're crossing it. So you need to adjust your behavior. And because I've spent three years building a relationship with that kid, I was able to speak so bluntly and say, this is where you need to fix. And, you know, putting the, the onus on the kid to find where that line is, is really valuable. And often we think that we have to define that. Can you tell me why you, you didn't say that we have to tell the kid where the line is? Well, because I think, again, you know, once we do that, it, it, it's the whole notion. And in the book, I talk about the difference between rules and expectations. 
right? And everybody's familiar with the old adage, you know, rules are made to be broken. Broken. Right? Yeah. When we define the rules as the adults, a couple of things occur. First of all, generally speaking, the rule comes as a result of a violation and we want to ensure it never happens again. So it's already coming from a reactive stance. And secondly, you know, as I said earlier, the job of the kid is to find out where the fences are. Uh, I saw a great example of it. You know, grade two teacher had sat down with her class and constructed the rules. And oftentimes, you know, educators think that's a great thing. I got my class involved. But if you're still directing the, the outcome, then at the end of the day, although you've come up with 10 rules and you want to believe that you are creating them holistically, they probably look remarkably similar to the rules you created with last year's class and five years ago's class. In other words, you, you know, you've directed the outcome. Well, one day in this class where they had these brilliant 10 constructed rules, there was a substitute teacher in. And very quickly, the substitute teachers hastily scribbled out rule number 11, no making weapons out of cardboard. Well, you can imagine what that does for the kid who wants to push the boundaries because they look at that and they see no making weapons out of cardboard and immediately springs to mind that weapons can be made out of wood, plastic, metal, perhaps paper. You know, what's the definition of weapons? Contrast that with having an expectation, an expectation of respect and respect starts to look like, sound like, feel like we don't uh, interfere, we don't interrupt, we don't... Uh, you know, engage anybody uh, in their private space. We have respect for self, for others, for school property. And we can go through some examples of what respect looks like. Uh, I was recently working with a school uh, in the northern part of Canada. And I said, so what happens the first time it snows? And you know what happens the first time it snows, right? Principal goes on the announcements and says, no snowball. Snow on the ground. <laughs> right? and what do kids do? They find every way around it. Right. I didn't throw snow. I kicked snow. I tossed snow. It wasn't really a snowball as much as it was a snow rectangle. It wasn't snow. It was, in fact, ice. Right. They all become classroom lawyers. Listen, if the expectation is you don't treat anyone with anything other than respect, you don't violate their space, you don't cause any untoward, no ill, Ill will, no ill harm. That's a whole lot different. And that expectation, by the way, is lifelong. Can you think of an adult environment that doesn't place a high premium on respect? I can't. So let's focus on those pieces rather than arbitrary rules that are almost dictated by what went on. That's a great example. And I love the idea of uh, rules versus expectations. That's a really powerful way to look at that. You know, as we go about the business of educating our kids and finding ways to support them. There are a lot of things that we don't understand that have impacted them and, and whatnot. And part of the struggle with expectations instead of rules is that there has to be a lot of redefining and adjusting and talking about what it actually means to be respectful For sure. and things like that. How do we overcome some of those challenges, Tom? Yeah. And I think again, you know, one of the key first pieces for every adult in a school today is, is the notion of modeling, right? The eyes are on us always. I, I don't think an educator can walk around any school building without feeling the sets of eyes following their every move, which is a really neat thing, right? But with that comes that, that great responsibility. If we don't model what we expect, then we should expect what we've been modeling. Again, you're never going to teach a kid the desired expectations by demonstrating the opposite behavior. 
when a child is at their most disrespectful, that's when they need the adult to be the most respectful. We are never going to teach a child about respect by out disrespecting them. We'll simply teach them that there's a time and a place for disrespect. And the example I often give is, you know, have you ever seen an adult yelling at a student to use their inside voice? Yeah, exactly. Wondering why the kid is patently confused. There seems to be a time I don't have to. Well, kids will come up with their own interpretation of what an emergency is, as do the adults. And we'll have this disconnect. So we've got to live what we believe. You know, we talk to kids about the importance of getting along with everyone. Well, when I sit down and talk with a group of school leaders, I'll say the same thing. If you want your teacher to form a positive bond with even the most challenging student, then I think it's reasonable for me to expect that you as the principal will form a positive bond with every adult in your building, even your most challenging one. The eyes are on us always. We got to model that. That was a great interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And he's going to talk about his number one leadership role uh, coming up in the next second part of this interview. I hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned next week for another interview with Tom Hirk. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.